The scripture reading this morning is from Luke 11:33 through 36. No one lights a lamp and puts it in a place where it will be hidden or under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand so that those who come in may see the light. Your eye is the lamp of your body. When your eyes are healthy, your whole body also is full of light. But when they are unhealthy, your body also is full of darkness. See to it then that the light within you is not darkness. Therefore, if your whole body is full of light and no part of it dark, it will be just as full of light as when a lamp shines its light on you. Here ends the reading. Thank you, Connie. Remember last week we were sitting on a hillside listening to arguably the greatest sermon ever preached. As Jesus is preaching his sermon, he's got a crowd on the mountain, but he's really talking to his 12 disciples. He's talking to people that have already decided to follow him. This is the message for them and for us today. Last week we unpacked Matthew 5.13 and talked about how we as salt embed ourselves in the culture outside the church building. We're fertilizer that grows the kingdom. Maybe we offer to pray with somebody that just lost a loved one. Maybe we take the new guy out for lunch or stop to visit the widow down the street or take a leadership position in your non-church community group or you invite a friend to help build a habitat house. God gives us lots of kingdom opportunity. We just have to watch for chances to use our gifts. Let's pray. Father, we pray that you'll forgive us for what we have been, that you'll sanctify us for what we are now, and guide us into what we will become. What we don't know, please teach us. What we don't have, please give us. And what we are not, please make us. For Jesus' sake, amen. Okay, uh, giving credit where credit is due, this, this message is from a consolidation of notes uh, from a sermon series at the Claremont First UMC in Florida. And many thanks to pastors Doug, Don, and Mac. That's Don with a W. Very early in the Sermon on the Mount, that's Matthew 5, 6, and 7, remember? Um, Jesus points out two things that make us different. We are the salt of the earth, and we are the light of the world. This morning, we're going to talk about light. Now, light drastically affects its environment just by being what it is. I've heard it said that if our little light is shining, we don't need to tell anybody that it's shining. Others will simply see it. Lighthouses don't fire a cannon to tell everybody that the light is on. They just shine. Well, we've got some news for you, though. The folks sitting on the hillside listening to Jesus aren't perfect. 
the, the apostles weren't perfect, and we certainly aren't perfect. We sin, we mess up, and there's darkness all around us. Uh, darkness is nothing new. You go all the way back to the creation story in Genesis. God breathed light into a dark, empty world. He started with nothing and said, let there be light. And there was. But soon, sin came in the world through Adam and Eve and their kids. So darkness was back. Darkness and sin invades every life. So fast forward to 700 or 800 B.C., Isaiah prophesied that a Savior would be the light to dispel that darkness. Isaiah 9.2 says, The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. This prophecy was fulfilled in Jesus even before Isaiah stated it. If we look at the first few verses of the Gospel of John, we see a lot more information about the light. John 1.1 In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made, and without him nothing was made that had been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light, so that all through him would believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. Of course, we're talking about Jesus here. So what did Jesus have to say about being this light? John 8:12, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Picture this. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. That I am statement was made among a vast multitude of Jews who were gathered in Jerusalem for the Feast of the Tabernacles. And it did not go unnoticed. The Pharisees would have immediately understood that this was a claim of deity. Now, there's a piece of rabbinic literature. I can't hardly say that. There's a piece of rabbinic literature called the Mishnah. It documents Jewish traditions back in Jesus' day. The Mishnah gives us an interesting correlation about the Feast of the Tabernacles and Jesus' profound statement that day. The Mishnah tells us that late in the day, during the Feast of the Tabernacles, this is the 
This is the time and place that Jesus made the statement about being light. As the sun was going down, there was a ceremony called illumination of the temple. Now, in the temple courts were four large lamps. And each of these lamps had four huge bowls with ladders going up to each one. The priests would climb the ladders, fill the bowls with oil, and light them. So we have these 16 huge flares around the temple. And the temple is built on a mount, right? Up high, so that all of Jerusalem could see the temple and these lights. So, this is the time of day that Jesus made the statement. Okay? The temple is lit up, everybody can see it, and Jesus says, I am the light of the world. And he didn't say, I am a light or one of the lights. He made a very exclusive statement. I am the light. The Pharisees were listening, which says a lot about the character of Jesus. He didn't say these things you know, in private to the disciples. He spoke to all of us as to who he was and is, whether you're for him or against him. He didn't say them privately, but Christ courageously spoke about the truth of his identity, regardless of the repercussions of his statements. And what's even more fascinating is what happened right before this event. If you back up a little bit in John 8, right before Jesus announced that he was the light, the scribes and Pharisees had tried to trick Jesus by presenting a woman caught in the act of adultery and demanded of him an opinion of punishment per Mosaic law. As usual, Jesus saw right through him, and he said, He who is without sin, cast the first stone. And they all dropped their stone. We know what happened. They dropped their stones and walked away. Given that judgment criterion, nobody could testify against the woman, except for Jesus himself, since he was the only one without sin. But the truth of the matter is, everybody but Jesus was caught and busted, sinful, living in darkness. What's Romans 3.23 tell us? All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So, how do we see our way through the darkness? Jesus is the light. But here's the problem. The scribes and Pharisees and us don't like the light. It's kind of like when you're in, your wood, you're in the woods and you turn over a log and all the bugs scatter. They're not scared of you. They're scared of the light. John 3, there's a, there's a passage in John 3 that says, this is the verdict. Listen, listen to this. This is the verdict. Light has come into the world. But people love darkness instead of the light because their deeds are evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light and won't come into the light for fear that their deeds will be exposed. And we still have this problem today. Just like the Dead Sea potash 
that loses its saltiness because it gets too much dirt in it. We Christians start to carry the light into the world, but that light often fades. And we start to become such a part of the world that our lights just get dimmer and dimmer. We're not shining anymore because we let the darkness in. The darkness is all around us, so our lights keep dimming and we keep hiding from God, even afraid to talk to Him. So there's darkness, sin, all around us in the world. But Jesus is the light of the world. He's the solution to that darkness. So, Jesus hits us with the Sermon on the Mount. And now he says, You are the light of the world. First, he's the light of the world. Now, we are the light of the world. How's that work? Well, you know, there's a good analogy in our solar system. There's two lights up there, two big lights. There's a bunch of little ones, but there's two big ones, the sun and the moon. The sun is a source of light. That's a huge ball of fire, hotter than anything we can imagine. And the moon is just a dead ball circling the earth, subject to gravitational forces that keep it in place. It's got no light of its own. But it's pretty bright. How come? Well, it's reflecting the light that comes from the sun. You and I are meant to be like the moon. You and I are not meant to be a source of light, but we are meant to reflect a source of light. And that's Jesus. Look at our memory verse. We're hearing it a lot today. (laughs) Let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Sounds like Jesus is telling us that our light is the sum of our good deeds. That's how the gospel works. Our good deeds, our good works, reflect the light of Christ in us. So, church, we are meant to receive and then reflect the light of God. We are not the source, but before we can influence others, we must be influenced by the Holy Spirit. We have to let the Holy Spirit do His work in our lives. If you're in that place of darkness right now, my encouragement is to step into the light. Submit and be saved. Give up control and let God do a work in you. Don't hide anymore. Don't be the bug running from the light. If you need help, get some. Something powerful happens in our lives. When we admit that we're powerless and there's a greater source ruling our lives that does have the power. When we surrender to God and admit that we're powerless, we are freed And it's His light that shines in us. Our light is simply a reflection of His light. Then what? Are you radiating the the love of God? Are you radiating the witness of what God has done in your life? 
Nor are you keeping it to yourself. Do people see the fire of Christ inside of you? Because that's what Jesus is telling us in our memory verse. You've got to put your light on a stand so everybody can see it. Lamps were meant to illuminate, to dispel the darkness. And when we're saved, we receive the light. And God tells us to shine that light so that other people can see it. And other people can see what can happen to them. When we've experienced that source of light, we want to share it. Ephesians 5.8 says, For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light. So, i got four simple ways of being the light in the world. One, share your faith in Jesus. God takes ordinary people and uses them to share their messes to make his message come to life. You were saved to shine. Don't keep it to yourself. Don't be afraid to pray over your lunch at school or at work or in the restaurant. Don't be afraid to invite non-believers to church or to your Bible study or just over for a snack. Practice and be ready to share your elevator testimony. You ever heard of an elevator testimony? That's a two-minute why I love Jesus or what Jesus has done for me. It's a personal experience thing. Nobody can argue with your personal experiences. Share what Jesus has done in your life and let others know how much you love him. Number two, take the light where it's dark. We are light in the world, not light in the church. If you're working with non-believers, stay put. Don't pray to get a different job. God's putting you in that place to be a source of light for the people in your sphere of influence. Number three, last week's scripture included Matthew 5.14. and said, a town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Well, God's church on a hill cannot be hidden. Otterbein's a huge God reflector here on Shepler Church Avenue for everybody to see. So let's use what God has blessed us with to serve him and our community. Number four, live a life surrendered to Jesus. Let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we are so grateful that we don't have to live in darkness anymore. Though darkness is in the world, you are in the world, and you've overcome that darkness. So as we take your light into dark places, it's you who does the transforming. It's you who brings grace and truth to all who believe. Use us, Lord, to make disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen.